Yes, indeed. Matter of fact, when I got to the border, I said, welcome to Idaho. I threw my mask out the window. I was like, yeah. And then I got a $2,600 ticket. No, just kidding. I'm just joking about that. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, I just want to say that it's a, it's a precious privilege to be here. It's not anything that I take uh, lightly. Um, you are God's people. And uh, I want to send a loving greeting from your brothers and sisters at Calvary Chapel in Toppenish. Uh, by the way, anybody been to Toppenish? Anybody here been to Toppenish? All right. Hey, a few of you. Did you go to check out the murals? Yeah, right on. Yeah, the city of murals. See, the nice murals are on one side of town, and, and the other <laughs> murals are on the other side of town. And so I was kind of joking around earlier. I said, oh, you guys are going to, to Mexico on a mission. I said, Toppenish is 88% Mexico. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole valley is that way because of the agriculture there, right? So, um, and we have, uh, matter of fact, I was mentioning, uh, two of my elders were born in Oaxaca. They're from Oaxaca, and man, they have a heart uh, for their people, and we've started doing work down there as well. And so I want to commend you on that. I'm glad you guys are doing that. But hey, if you got your Bibles, would you turn to me to Joshua chapter 23? Joshua chapter 23 is going to be our first text. Yeah, I know, I'm shorty. Joshua 23. I was sitting in my study uh, after talking to Corey about coming and sharing and um, seeking the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to? What would you have me to share with your people there in Rathdrum? And um, as I was just sitting there meditating on the Lord, and He was just taking me a few passages, and this one phrase just kept coming up again and again, and it was the phrase "one thing, one thing." And it's like, okay, Lord, you know what does that mean? And then He began to show me just a, a few passages about one thing, and um, He was sharing with me about just the distraction. Right of the day and age in which we live, um, we are living in probably the most distracted time right in the history of the world. How many of y'all would agree with that? Is, does anybody in here struggle with just keeping attention? Right? Does your mind just fight? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? I don't know. <laughs> but there are so many things nowadays that compete for our attention, right? And a lot of times, you know, just that gadget that we carry around with us, right? That's one of the most distracting things that we could possibly have. Uh, many of us are living with what I call a frustrated focus, a frustrated focus. It's hard to just gear down, right, and, and to give your undivided attention and focus to, to one thing at a time. That's just the day and age in which we're living. Um, I believe the Lord is calling his people uh, to a holy focus. He's saying, you know, now's the time more than ever to not be distracted, but to, to, to listen in and to listen up right, and, and focus in, and I believe that's what the Lord would have me to share with you today, is that he's calling us to this narrow focus of himself, but where does this type of focus start? Where does this type of focus start? Joshua chapter 23, I want to read verses 11 through 14, so if you would read that with me this morning. It says, therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these nations that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them, and they to you. Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all 
in all your hearts and in all your souls, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God has spoken concerning you, all have come to pass for you, not one word of them has failed. So we come to our first one thing, right? I mentioned earlier that's the name of this study this morning, one thing, and the passages that we're going to go through this morning will focus on one thing, each of them, and I believe they're each geared to help you and I, right, to lock in, right, and stay focused. And so the first thing we see here is found right here in verse 11, therefore take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. And so focusing, right, focusing on falling in love with the Lord right, is the first thing that we need to lay hold of today. If we're struggling with attention, if we're struggling with just gearing down and paying attention and living a life that's undistracted, right, we need to remember what it's all about. First and foremost, we are to be involved in the midst of a meaningful, deep, intimate love relationship with God, and that should be the number one focus of our life. And so as Joshua tells these people who are in the land, right, and they're getting embarking on this new journey, he says, first thing above all, you're commanded to take heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Matter of fact, the first commandment, right, as Jesus is, is speaking there, the scribe comes to him and says, you know, what are the greatest commandments? Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Notice that one, right, with all your mind and with all your strength. He says, this is the first commandment. We are to love the Lord our God first. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods but me, or besides me, or before me, right? Depending on what translation you're reading. Exodus 34, 14 says, right, that you shall have no other gods. It says, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. His name, right, is jealous. Uh, that word jealous there in the Hebrew, beloved, is, this is Exodus 34, 14. The Hebrew word for jealous is the word kana. It's Q-A-N-N-A. And what that word means is this, of God only. Right, of God only. And so if we're going to get into this focus that we desperately need to have in these last days, this focus of loving the Lord, we need to make our life all about him. Right? He's at the center of it all. Yes, we have other things that we are involved in, but God doesn't revolve around all those things. Those things revolve around God. Right? He, is a, he is the center of it all. We want to live a Christ-centered life, a gospel-centered life. That's what we want to do if we're going to be those people of focus that God wants us to be. Now, notice what, what Joshua draws out here. I want you to see this. He says, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God or else, right? Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations. And then he says this, these that remain among you, he says, they're still there. They're still there. And so the result, Joshua says this, the result of not falling in love with the Lord is going backwards, going backwards. And then he says there, but they shall be snares and traps to you, right? It's going backwards and being ensnared and trapped, right, in a godless world. He says that's the danger of it. That's the result of not falling in love with the Lord. It reminded me of the parable of the sower. If I could remind you, the third soil, right, the third condition of the heart was the crowded heart, right? The word, they received the word of God, but then it says the cares of this life, the desire for other things, right? The desire for riches, the desires for all these things that came in and it choked out the word, it says. And then the rest of that, the rest of the verse goes like this, and they became unfruitful. 
So what that tells me is that there was a time in that individual's life where they were producing. They were living a productive, believing life, but then they allowed themselves to get distracted. They allowed the other things of the world to come in and ensnare and tangle them to where now they became right unfruitful. Same thing happened to God's people in the story of Joshua. Right? They're in the land. God has promised them that, and they are being entangled with the things around them. But notice here at the end, here's the one thing we're looking for. He says, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Beloved, I would encourage you with this this morning. Focus on the unfailing word of God for your life. It's so easy to focus on what the world is saying, right? You, I don't watch the news other than sometimes on social media when a little blip comes up that says, oh, this happened or that happened. I'm not really interested in the world's news. I'm interested in the good news, right? And so that's where I want my focus to be because, you know, you can get very depressed, right? You can get very depressed reading the news, man, or watching the news. It's just like depression and depression and depression. And, and uh, Proverbs 12, 25 says that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad, right? A good word makes it glad. And so we want to focus on the good work of the good word of the Lord and the word that he has for us. Joshua encourages him, not one thing of what God has promised you is failed and it's not going to fail. Psalm 27, one through four. Let's turn over to Psalm 27. Let's look at our next one thing. Psalm 27, verses one through four. As you turn there, I was just reminded in my mind, I guess I was distracted and I couldn't remember it earlier. <laughs> I, I uh, seen a poll. I was actually doing a little research and I seen a poll about distraction in America. And 70% of, uh, work, of people polled said that they were distracted in the, in the workplace. 70% of people were distracted at work. And what it's happening is it's costing the employer and the company millions of dollars in lost productivity because the, the workers are just distracted. And I thought, man, that's a big deal, right? Especially if, you're, if you own your own company and you hire people to be productive in your company and yet they're you know, slacking or maybe on their phones or just distracted. That can cost a lot. And then I began to think about the kingdom of God. What is it costing the kingdom of God because many of Christians are distracted? It's taken away from their productivity, right? And so that was just something that popped in my head. Anyway, Psalm 27, 1 through 4. Psalm 27, 1 through 4. Let's read that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Right here we see, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I think of Jesus when I look at that phrase, because Jesus is called what? The light of the world. And his name is also Yeshua, right? Yahweh is salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And then here's the point I wanted to get to. The Lord is the strength of my life. A way to become focused is to make the Lord right, the strength of your life. Your life becomes focused on your source of strength. Whatever you're relying upon, whatever you're dependent upon, 
right? That is what your focus is going to run to. King David here says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Beloved, I ask you this morning, what is the strength of your life? What do you run to? What do you go to? What are you leaning into? What are you dependent upon? That is where your focus will be, right? If, if you're dependent upon the world, right, to, to bring you strength, well, that's where your, your focus is going to be. David says that the Lord was the strength of his life. And then he goes on to say there, look at there, in, in, in that verse, verse 4, it says, one thing I have desired. He didn't say many things I've desi- desired. He says, one thing I've desired. He's talking about his master passion, right? One thing I've desired of the Lord. And then he says this, that will I seek. I want you to see this this morning. It's one thing to desire something, and it's another thing to desire and go after it. See, David didn't stop with, well, I desire the Lord. He said, I seek after him. The word seek there means to crave. It means to pursue. I was a dope fiend for 10 years, a drug addict, messed up life, would do anything to get my fix and high. I mean, I would drive miles just to get a little something, right? I would do you know, horrible things to, you know, to get what I can get. So I know what it means to crave and I know what it means to seek, right? I wanted it and that's what I wanted. But now as a child of God, right, he is to be my master passion. David says, there's one thing that I've desired. It's the Lord and that will I seek, right? And so listen, focus on seeking and living in the presence of the Lord because he says there that he's seeking to dwell, to live in the house of the Lord, right? In the presence of God, that's where our, our, there's a great book. You guys know that book, Brother Lawrence? You read that book, Corey? Right, The Practice of the Presence of God, The Practice of the Presence of the Lord. A great book. I would recommend you get in that, find that book. And it just helps you to kind of, hey, say, listen, this is how it goes. Right? This is how you live in the moment. Live in the moment with the Lord, just moment by moment, living with him. Right? And that's really what, what we're seeing here. And focusing on seeking and living in the presence of the Lord. And he says, all the days of my life. Right, make knowing him intimately, listen, a daily priority. Make that a daily priority in your life to know him intimately, right? Not to know him casually, right, or anything like that, but to just really gear in. And that's that's what you see. David's heart is here. I've desired of the Lord that I will seek him, that I may live in the house of the Lord, that I may live with the Lord every day. He says of my life. You guys, that's going to bring focus if you choose to do that. And then he ends it with this. I love it. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He made him his master passion. And he says, all I want to do is behold the beauty of the Lord. And it says to inquire in his temple. Uh, Another translation reads it this way. To study him in the secret place. I love that translation. To study him in his secret place. That is what our lives are to be. To study in him. Studying his attributes. Right? You can give your attention to a lot of things in this world to study them out and to figure them out. But for a child of God, theology should be really, right, our focus. And the word theology means the study of God, right, to know his attributes, to know what God is like, to know what God cares about, right, what really touches the heart of God. That should be the focus of our lives. And David says, I want to behold that beauty, and I want to study him in that secret place. Let's go over to Mark 10. Mark chapter 10. The next one thing passage that comes to my mind this morning. We're going to pick it up in verse 17. So Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Let's read this together. 
excuse me. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Here's this next one thing here that we see in this text. The one thing that the rich young ruler was missing in his life was a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, man, I've kept all these things. Right? I've lived a religious life. I've done all that. But Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that phrase right there. He looked at him, loved him, and said, but there's one thing you lack. There's one thing you lack. And, of course, the one thing he lacked is following Jesus. And why wasn't he following Jesus? Well, we know from the story is he had all these other things in the way. And it says he had great possessions, but in all reality, those great possessions had him, right? They were the obstacle. They were the things getting in the way of him following the Lord. And that's what he was missing. He says, one thing you lack. One thing you lack. You know, as I look at that phrase there, you know, I've, I've prayed that prayer. You know, Lord, is there something lacking from my life? Is there something lacking in my relationship with you? I would encourage you to pray that from time to time. Lord, how is it between us? How are things going? Is there something lacking, Lord? You know, and a lot of times the Lord comes and says, yeah, I just want to be closer to you, son. I just want to be, I want to spend more time with you. I just want, I just want to be you and me, and, you know, I just, want to, I just want to have that love with you, son. And that's usually the one thing that's lacking, at least in my own life. But here we see, again, the, the focus here is, is following the Lord, right? It's following the Lord, and he has all these things, right, all these possessions, and Jesus tells him, go your way and sell, right, whatever you have, and give to the poor, and he says, this is what you will have. You will have treasure in heaven. Now, as I look at that, I think, you know, for me anyways, the application for me is the treasure in heaven is, is the focus, right? It's, it's the focus. If you just get rid of these things, you'll have that focus that you're looking for. You'll have that holy focus that you're desiring. And so the question, the question that, I, that came to my mind this morning was, is, is the things that I'm holding on to, like the things that this guy's holding on to right here, are they helping me draw closer to the Lord or are they keeping me from getting closer to the Lord? There are things in your life and my life that we allow into our lives. And, you know, in all reality, they're keeping us from drawing closer to the Lord. They become a priority. They become a preference. And so the question is, is are we willing right, to part with those things so that we can get closer to the Lord and so that we can really focus on the Lord like he wants us to and follow him? Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. The next one thing. Beginning at verse 38, and we'll go through um, the end of the chapter. It 
Word of God says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. I've always loved this section of, of Luke here, and especially this paragraph here and this story. I want you to see some things in here that, I mean, that just draw out to me, is that it says here in verse 39 that she had a sister called Mary, notice these words, who also sat at Jesus' feet. Sometimes we'll, we'll skip over that also sat. There was a time when Martha was sitting there, but she allowed things, right, to become, again, right, a priority or a preference. And, and it says there she was distracted with much serving. And he goes on to say, he says, you're worried and troubled about many things. And so for us, the application is we need to guard our hearts, right, against being distracted by much, Right? We need to guard our hearts against you know, worry and being troubled about many things. Now, that brings up a thought as well. Her issue was, Lord, don't you care that my sister is not helping me? And then Jesus really gets to the heart of the matter, and he says, you know, Martha, this is basically a cover for what's really going on. You're actually troubled and worried about many things and not just your sister not helping. Sometimes we'll do that, right? <laughs> Sometimes there's other issues, but we're going to put this in the forefront and say, this is the problem. And the Lord say, no, that's not the problem. The problem is not your sister not helping you. The problem is, is you're distracted with much and you're worried about a lot of things. That's the issue. And that is what keeps us from that focus that God wants us to have is because we allow so many things or we put so much on our plate and then we're overwhelmed, right? And then we're frustrated. And then we get to the place where we're so frustrated, we're so agitated, we're so irritated that we can't focus. Anybody been there? Right? It's, it's a common thing nowadays. And you got people, you know, losing their minds. He says here, I love these words, but one thing is needed. One thing is necessary, right? One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Beloved, focus on the one thing that's needed. Focus on the one thing that's needed. And what's the one thing that's needed? Time at the Lord's feet. Time at the Lord's feet. Quality, quiet time with a quiet heart at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I got to do this. And oh, I got to do that. And oh, man, I just got to do this. And oh, I got to do that. No, what you got to do is get to his feet. That's what you got to do. You've got to get there because that's going to determine the strength you have for the rest of the day. That's going to determine the wisdom that you have, right, to deal with those other things that you've got to do. It all begins, right, at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't remember who said it, but it's a very powerful saying. They said, you are only as real, right, as your love for Jesus Christ. I was like, man, that is true. And so let us spend that quiet quality time. Let us focus on that one thing of hearing from the Lord. That's what it says there, right? She sat at the, at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. That is so good. And then it says she's chosen that. She's chosen that. What does that tell us? Listen, that intimacy is a decision. Focus 
is a decision. I tell my wife this all the time. Babe, I can't focus. And I use that word, I can't. Is that true? No. It's not true. It's not that you can't focus. It's just that you won't. Right? You won't let go of things. You won't gear down. You won't sit down. You won't get alone with the Lord and let him calm your heart and bring your you know, mind to a still. But intimacy is a decision. But distraction, listen, jot this down if you're taking notes. Distraction will keep you from intimacy with the Lord. Right? If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Right? If he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. He'll get you to the point where you're just too busy and you can't spend that quality, quiet time with the Lord and learn to be focused. Next, next text is John 9. John 9. I don't even know what time I started. Anybody know what time, how much time I got left? Am I good? Okay. So let's get over to John 9 and we'll look at our next one thing. Of course, in the story of John, John 9, Jesus heals the blind man, right? Jesus heals the blind man, and the Pharisees are giving him a hard time. They even give his parents a hard time, right? And they don't want to say anything because they don't want to be put out of the synagogue. Right? They're afraid, and they're like, you ask him. He's an adult. He can answer for himself. And so John 9, 24 and 25 is where we're going to be here in this little section. It says, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. Here it is. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. So here's this blind man, right? He's there and he's listening to all this go on, all this commotion. He hears all the hate being spewed towards Jesus. Right? And he just sees the religious attitudes and the self-righteousness of these guys. And, and then, he see, then he hears this. He hears the insult, right? He hears the insult that the Pharisees Heap upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Give God the glory. You know this man's a sinner, and his response is so precious, man. I love it. Whether he is a sinner or not, he do not know. One thing I know. Right? One thing you can't talk me out of. One thing you can't get me to stop thinking about. I've been changed. I used to be blind, but now I see. I mentioned earlier that I used to be a drug addict for 10 years, and that was really bad. And you know what? You can't get me to stop thinking about what he's done for me now. I'll never forget what Jesus has done for me. He says one thing. And so listen, this is the application I get from this. Don't focus on what the haters of the Lord are saying and doing. Instead, focus on what the Lord has done for you. We're living in a day and age where there's a lot of hate going on for Christ and his church. It's in the news, right? It's this month, right? This month, man, they're really heightening the hatred towards Christianity because we don't agree with their agenda, and so they want to hate on us. And we can spend all our time hating back, or we can focus on what the Lord has done for us and continue to share that love of Christ. Church, we cannot afford to let go of our love, right? our love for the lost, because if we ever let go of our love for the lost, we will lose our influence and our impact on the lost. Jonah is one name I'll throw out. God sent him to a lost city of Nineveh, and he lost pity for the city. He didn't share the heart of God. 
for Nineveh until he had to go through all he went through. And then even when God did his work in Nineveh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, you know, he's all mad, <laughs> complaining, right? You guys know the story, right? I knew you were going to say those guys. We cannot as a church, right? We cannot have that attitude of heart. I was sharing with the brother here. In Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus comes and he sees the multitudes, it says his heart is moved with compassion, right? For they were sheep not having a shepherd. And then he, of course, talks about the, you know, the few laborers. And he talks about praying to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. When you flip the page to chapter 10, the Lord sends out laborers into the harvest. But the thing that sticks out to me about that passage is this. Compassion, compassion reaps the harvest. Compassion reaps the harvest. It's not religion, right? It's not religiosity. It's not churchianity, right? It is compassion that reaps the harvest. That's how you win a city. And I'm thankful for this church here in Rathdrum. I was sitting there praying in service, you know, or we were going through worship, and I was like, Lord, thank you for this body of believers here in this town that you're working through and you're, and you're touching lives. And it just really, and I want to encourage you with that. But focus on what God's done for you. Right? And go out and tell people that, man, he can do the same for you. Philippians 3, our next, our next section here. Philippians 3. Paul's conversion, right? Paul gives a little bit of his testimony. And I just love this section of Philippians, man. Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to pick it up in verse 7. Philippians 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 7. All right. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. And if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me, Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Three times Paul mentions the word loss. Loss. What things were gained to me, these I have accounted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. You guys, when I, when I think about that there, and I think about what we're talking about this morning, about getting, getting focus, right? Getting focus. There must be a willingness to lose some things in order to gain focus on the Lord. I mentioned it briefly earlier, right? What are you willing to part ways with in order to get closer to God, to know him more, to know him better? Maybe I could ask you this question this way. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want that focus? How bad do you want that intimacy with the Lord? How bad do you really want it? 
He goes on to say there, man. He says, right, I, I, I forget those things which are behind, and I, I reach forward. I, I press on. There must be a willingness to press on and to let go of the past. There's one thing for sure that I've learned in my life is that focusing on the past doesn't change anything. Right? Don't, don't focus on the past. It doesn't change a thing. It doesn't. And some of us live right with regrets and, oh, man, I wish I would have done this different. Hey, you can't, you can't go back. And the way the enemy works is he gets you so focused on your past right, that you waste today and you waste the future. And Paul says, you know what, I'm willing to let go of the past and everything that I've been through, everything that I've gained. He says, I'm willing to let it go. He says, but I can lay hold of right, that for which Christ has laid hold of me. I love that phrase, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Has he laid hold of you? Has he got a hold of you? Hey, listen, if he's got a hold of you, just be held. <laughs> just stay put. You know, when I think of worship, you know, there's those awesome gestures of worship, you know, when we, we lift our hands, and there's so many things about that. And I love, you know, you lift hands in adoration of the Lord, right? I love you. I love you. And then, you know, the, the second thing is, you know, you lift your hands in faith, you know, to receive from the Lord. Others would say, you know, you lift your hands and surrender to the Lord. But one of my favorite reasons to lift my hands is to simply say, Daddy, can you pick me up and hold me? Can you pick me up and hold me, Daddy? I just want to be held by you. And he says, I got you. I got you. Right? And that's where our focus should be, is just being held by him. Paul says, I choose to focus on my future, right? That for which is laid up ahead. And I hope that you and I will do the same. Right? Reach forward because we're going upward, right? Reach forward. We're going upward. There's no need to reach backwards. We're not going back there. 2 Peter 3, 1 through 9, and this is the, the last section we'll cover this morning in our one thing, right, in getting focused here this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3, I want to look at the first nine verses, or at least read through the first nine verses and look at a couple of takeaways here. 2 Peter 3, 1 through 9. Anybody still focused? <laughs> I love this. Check it out. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. And then look at this next phrase right here. This is good. That you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That's what we call global warming, right? It's coming. <laughs> they haven't seen it yet. It's coming. But beloved, right? That's a big... <laughs> but beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord one day is a thousand years, 
and as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Here it is, right? A key to focus, it's right here. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Filling your mind with the word of God. Filling your mind with the word of God will help you stay focused. Over and over we see in the Bible, we're called to meditate on the word of God, right? To meditate on them day and night. Joshua was told that in Joshua chapter one, Psalms chapter one, verses one through three, right? It tells us to meditate on the word of God. Beloved, I want to encourage you, right, to have a word life, right? What does it mean to have a word life? Well, have a devotional life first and foremost, right? Spend time quiet with the Lord, but then also have a study life too. Be studying the Bible. Study the Bible for yourself, right, personally. And so I want to encourage you with that. Um, I hope all of you, I trust all of you, have a reading plan that you're comfortable with, that, that God speaks to you through. If you don't, right, you need to do that. You need to do that. You need to wash your mind, renew your mind daily in the scriptures. It will help you grow so much, and you'll grow in love with him, and you'll be able to focus better. And so that your mind may be filled with the word of God, he says there. Right? Read it personally. Read it prayerfully. And then he says this, man. I love this. He says, beloved, do not forget this one thing. The way not to forget something is to focus on it. Right? You don't forget what you're focused on. If you're focused, you won't forget. And so he tells them there, here, right, that even though the scoffers that have come in the last days, they're walking according to their lusts. Is that this month? Oh, yeah, it is, huh? That's this month. Y'all know what I'm saying. Right? This whole month is dedicated to people walking out according to their own lusts. And there's the mockery. Right? But this they willfully forget. So he says there that, hey, listen, the scoffers and the mockers, they're willfully forgetting, right, the judgment of the past. But there's a judgment coming. Right? There's a day of the Lord coming. And he says, but, beloved, you don't forget. And he says, you don't forget this one thing. And I believe when you look at this, the one thing that Peter is calling God's people to be mindful of and to, to focus on and to remember is the promise of his coming. The mockers were saying, where's the promise of his coming? Beloved, can I encourage you with this today? Focus on the coming of the Lord. The church has kind of gotten away from that. And I know, I know not this church. Corey's faithful to his call. I know he's constantly reminding you, hey, the Lord's coming. Stay ready. Right, he's coming. And beloved, I want to encourage you with that today. Right? One thing we definitely need to be focused on as a church is the coming of our Lord. And by the way things are looking, it can't be too much longer, right? Remember this, remember this saying, keep your hands to the plow. Keep your knees bowed. It can't be much longer now. Right? That's what God has for us. I want to close with this last exhortation. 2 Peter 3, same chapter. Scoot on down to 17. Scoot on down to 17. Okay? Last exhortation, and we'll, and we'll wrap it up with this. 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. You, therefore, beloved, and that's who you are. You are beloved. You are God's dearly beloved. You are God's dear ones. Since you know this beforehand, right? You've already been told, right? This is something you already know. Here it is. Beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now 
and forever. Amen. Listen to this exhortation, guys, right here. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. Being distracted, hear me now, being distracted makes it easy to fall. Right? You ever been somewhere and you weren't watching where you was going and oop, right? You was distracted. You wasn't watching your step, right? Being distracted, being distracted makes it easier to fall. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. God has called us to a steadfast faith, right? Be firm in the faith. 1 Corinthians 16, right? 13 and 14. Watch. Be steadfast in the faith. Be strong. He says, be brave. And he says, and let all things be done with what? With love, right? With love. And so we want to be steadfast in those things. But he says, being led away with the air of the wicked. Beloved, we are living in days where people are being led away. They're being led away, man. I've been in ministry for 23 years. I've been a senior pastor for 17 years. And I've seen many people come to church and start coming. And next thing you know, right, as time goes on, now they're being led away. And it breaks my heart to see many people who were once walking with the Lord. And they're back out in the world now. Now weed's legal in Washington State. So like, oh, man, I can smoke weed now, right? And, and now they're back to drinking and partying and stuff. Many people have been led away. Right? They were distracted and they were led away in the air of the wicked. Beloved, I want to I encourage you, don't go there. Man, stay focused in your, in your faith with Christ. And instead, he says, they're growing the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You were created for intimacy with the Lord. You were created for that. You were created to be as close to the Lord as possible. Man, I love singing that song, right? Just a closer. I can't sing, y'all, so you have to help me. <laughs> I couldn't carry a tune if I had a handle, man. I'm just trusting as I sing, it goes through some kind of metamorphosis and change <laughs> before it reaches the ears of God in the throne room. And he's like, man, that's, that's a good sacrifice there. That smells good. But you were created for intimacy with the Lord, and let, that, let, let intimacy with the Lord be the one overriding thing that captures your attention and focus. When you get up in the morning, those first conscious thoughts in your mind are, I was created to be intimate with the Lord, and I'm not going to let anything get in the way. Right? I'm going to focus my love on the Lord. He's going to be my master passion, my one magnificent obsession. That's what he desires to be. That's what he deserves to be. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. Lord, I thank you for your people here in Rathdrum. And Lord, I join in prayer with them, even for myself, Lord, that, Lord, you would bring me into a season of holy focus. And Lord, keep me from being distracted and really limiting, Lord, the productivity of your spirit in my life and through my life. Lord, help us, Lord, to Lord push out those things that just Lord, they, they entangle, they, they, they ensnare, and Lord, they limit the fruit. Lord, they limit that love that we can give to you, God. Lord, you deserve our undivided attention. You deserve that, Lord. So Lord, help us to pick up these spiritual disciplines, Lord, to give you our best. And Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.